0: For this week, we have a special bonus episode on academic integrity and UTS confessions with Dr. Mandalway, and this is just a bonus episode of what we asked during the interview. So enjoy. Perfect. I know that you created this academic integrity board game. Um, could you tell us more about that?
1: Yeah, I. So I. It was twenty. So it was when my youngest son was born. I have two little boys. Um, and it, so it must have been twenty seventeen, and I came back from maternity leave halfway through the semester. Um so I you know he was 6 or 7 months old so I am this hormonal exhausted academic and then I found a significant portion 55 students in my course that has about 300 students in it um cheating on a task where they had to video themselves and when we delved into why students were cheating they were like oh I didn't know I could it was cheating and plagiarism if it was a speech uh, there was nothing that said, even though the task said, do this yourself, like people say, oh, my friend told me it was okay. And so there's a lot of misinformation about what is acceptable and what is not acceptable under academic integrity rules. So I worked with, uh, I received a small grant and I received, I worked with two students from the BCII program, Tyler Key. And if you're a BCII current student, you'll know Tyler, he he works in the program and uh, Emma Gogoluski. And we worked together with them to design some sort of fun interactive way to learn about academic integrity that wasn't a website or that it wasn't a senior member of the university looking very serious on a video saying do the right thing and be upstanding and follow the rules because I was watching those videos that I produced at all universities. I thought, this is boring. This is not going to capture me and it's not going to capture my students. So it's a different way to learn about academic integrity. And it's a physical board game, Um, it's also a virtual board game, but it tests your knowledge on various facts about academic integrity. And it's a thing that you do as a group because study and quite often cheating is something that students do together. So the more that we can get students to talk about it, to go, oh my gosh, you know, a lot of students play the game and they'll answer one of the questions and go, I didn't know that was not allowed. Did you know that that was inappropriate? So we test their knowledge in a fun way. And it also gives them the opportunity to think about, well, what would I do in a sticky situation? Like I'm going to ask Kelly, Kelly, what if one of your friends said, oh, Kelly, I'm studying this really tough subject and I know you did it last term and I think the assignment is the same, could I just have a look at your assignment as a guide? What would you do?
0: I would probably say no, but I'll tell them to direct them to other resources, such as asking the lecturer, tutor, or even directing them to help if they need that.
1: And what if they said, oh, but Kelly, you know, we've been friends since high school, we've done the whole degree together. Can't I just have a look? and that's fantastic but a lot of students don't even think twice about sharing an assignment with somebody else um what happened in one of our very first uh first year accounting sub or not first year accounting but a first year business subject a student the subject coordinator was talking about the textbook and a student put in the chat here is a place you can download a a free pdf of the textbook where someone had basically photocopied the entire textbook and put it into a pdf and they didn't realize that that's actually a breach of copyright that what you're doing is you're encouraging a fraudulent activity so you know you often don't know what to do when you're put in one of these situations oh yeah you know i, I just thought i was helping somebody or yeah sure isn't like copying looking at uh, one of these study notes websites and getting a whole lot of information, isn't that okay? Or it's really about helping students understand what the warning signs might be and to just encourage them to stop and think before they do something like that and say, okay, what could be the consequence? Is this the right thing to do?
0: So really gamifying Mm -hmm. the way they can really understand academic, academic integrity.
1: Mm. And look, if we weren't in lockdown, I was talking with the student learning hub manager about potentially getting funding to make the board game like a physical—you know—you can have big Monopoly and big chess. Oh, yeah. yeah, we were so close to having the big academic integrity board game where you could, you know, instead of being a token moving around the board, you would move yourself. Uh, unfortunately, COVID has other plans. Damn it! But maybe next year. Yeah.
0: Look
1: forward to it. Yeah. If it happens.
0: Um, if I was in Kelly's situation, I probably wouldn't think twice about it. So. Hearing about it now, I'll probably think twice about sharing. Especially
1: if it's a good friend. You're like, oh, yeah, I know this person. They always do their own work, but you don't know what's happening in their situation, and they might just think, oh, look, I'm just going to just take Roxanne's assignment. I'm going to change a few keywords, or I'm going to use a thesaurus to change some words. Or I'm going to put it through an assignment spinner um, and and just change it enough that hopefully Turnitin doesn't pick it up. But Turnitin is, because, is really clever, actually, at what it can <laughs> and detect in terms of similarity. One question
0: surrounding academic integrity is, when is it appropriate to collaborate on class assignments?
1: I collaborate versus collude, like it's on this scale and trying to find that point where it goes from being okay to not being okay is really hard. And as academics, I always encourage my students to collaborate, learning together is easier than learning alone. But when it comes to individual assignments, it can be a little bit tricky. You're supposed to do your own work. Um, I've seen in many assessment guides, it says, oh, work as a group to perhaps do the background research, help find resources and sources that you might use. But it's really critical that if you do have an individual task and you are collaborating to do research, to brainstorm ideas, that you prepare your own final product. Use your own arguments. Put this all in your own words because that's what we want to hear. We want to hear your own words, uh, not somebody else's. And, of course, reference appropriately. So, you know, if you have a research task, if you feel like, yeah, I I work really well with this person, we're going to share resources um, and, oh, look, I found this great paper. Oh, I found this excellent website. Keep a Google Doc of them. That's a fantastic idea. Create study notes together. But when you're writing up the final product or preparing the final product, you do your own work. And that's the same in engineering, in IT, you might get stuck on a coding problem, ask a friend for some advice, they might give you some hints or some tips, and which then you try and code your own solution. So it's really, really important to remember that the final product should be your own work in your own language. Um, and it's even easy to self-plagiarize. So a lot of students don't realize self-plagiarizing is a thing. If you do a subject, you fail it. If the assignment is the same again, you can't submit the same piece of work because it's already been assessed. You need to submit a new piece, um, You know, get additional feedback. And if that's the situation you're in, make sure that you raise that with your marker first. Look, I've, I'm doing this subject for the second time. I know the assignment is the same. Um, I'm going to choose a different company and write it fresh. Um, or you can go to Helps for assistance as well to make sure that you don't get caught in that self-plagiarising trap. We've... <laughs> I what don't push... run confessions. I just have to confirm that again. I don't run confessions.
0: Yeah, I've heard like a lot of rooms like, oh, maybe it's Amanda <laughs> White that's actually making these posts. Like,
1: no, I don't really? think so. Not really.
0: Um, So <laughs> what pushed you into like starting to comment on these UTS confession posts because previously it's always been like student submitted, student responded.
1: Yeah, for me it was COVID-19. So um, Kelly and we'll know Georgina Barrett-C, who manages UPass. We love Georgina. And uh, I noticed she was replying to a lot of questions about like taking so long for my e-request, what is happening with COVID-19. And We were seeing more and more anxiety on the posts and I had a chat to her and I said, look, do you think it would be weird if I started responding to things that, you know, I know the ins and outs and all the forms and all the processes of diversity. And because e-request wait times were so long, when I saw Georgina start to, to post responses, I thought, well, we had a chat and look, I'm going to give it a go and see if I can provide some clarity as an academic member of staff and as, as, you know, really a leader within my faculty. So I just wanted to help because, you know, I was feeling anxiety about not knowing what was going to happen in the future, and I probably had more inside information than students. So Students, I just couldn't imagine how just uh, that would feel of like, I sent my e-request four weeks ago, what's happening to it? Can I do this? What's the best way to make this happen? So, yeah, that's how I got involved. And then, like, I really love looking at this window into what students are thinking, uh, what they're really thinking, rather than what they write on their SFS. So, it's a really nice way also to hear your voices um, unfiltered. Yeah, it's really lovely
0: seeing you comment on these posts. Um, Yeah, it's really cool to see that.
1: And it's not just me. So, there's, you know, um, Tim from. Feit, there's a one of my other colleagues, Tim, also comments on them from from a different faculty, but I know through first year experience. Uh, and there's a fair few tutors on there who are just providing that real honest advice, uh, which I think is nicer than sometimes you go to the website and you get all of the well crafted marketing and communication speak. But this is this is real people using our voices to support students, and that's why most of us came to higher education we came to support students and to support student learning and this is just another way that we can do that
0: yeah I remember seeing one UTS confession post which talked about how our student was really curious as to how like tutors are being like well, what's their role because they had a really bad experience with one and there were a lot of tutors in the comments saying oh that's typically not what we do we're always under a lot of stress this is like the avenues mm-hmm. you can go to if you have further issues and it's really nice to see that
1: yeah, if a, I don't, w- don't want to hide the ability for you to make a complaint. Like I'm very open and say if, if you're unhappy, this is how you make a complaint because we need to have that accountability. Universities should be accountable. What has been the most memorable UTS confession post to date for you especially? I had to search back because I, I knew that this was going to be a question and so I actually searched back and I think the, the most memorable one was the student who did the data analysis of when posts were posted to confessions and then he would calculated my response time and figured out that like I was responding so quickly so therefore that must be me posting and then me responding <laughs> straight away. Um, and yeah, again, I, I definitely don't, um, <laughs> definitely do not. I, I think the ones also that call for me to be vice chancellor, those are sort of funny. That is a job I'd never want. Like it's so much pressure and it's so much stress and um, yeah, I, I don't think I could do it at all. Uh, and which students then were like, "But that's exactly the reason why you should be in charge." Uh, but you know, we do our best to to make changes where we are. And the thing I love is being at the coal face with students. So as you get promoted and as you get more senior, you get less face-to-face time with students. So I'm not in any hurry to, you know, become a professor and and not be able to teach as many students as I I do now and and get involved in ground-level activities. Um, I'm not one of those big-picture strategy influencers that ever wants to be the CEO. I don't know if that means I'm not very ambitious. Does that mean I'm or just ambitious in different ways, I guess?
0: <laughs> Thank you for taking your time to be a part of this podcast. We really, really appreciate it. And, yeah, that's the end. And if you have any questions that you'd like to submit to us, feel free to send us a message or a voice member to Hacks at uts.edu.au. You can be anonymous or not. Just... Send us a question if you're curious and we'll try to answer it in the podcast. Once again, thank you to Amanda White for taking the time to be a part of our Academic Integrity podcast episode. If you're feeling stuck or have a question, feel free to ask a student through the live chat on the Student Learning Hub website from 10 to 6, Monday to Friday. Or when we're back on campus, visit us in Building 2, Level 4. Don't forget to join us for our next podcast on addressing money stress. Until next time,
1: see See ya. ya!